last ones in podcast, where being late to the party isn't a bad thing. I am your host, Jariah Archuleta, and with me today we have E. Hello. Robbie. Hello. And then all the way from across the country, we have Rocky. Hello. Yeah. An episode with Rocky and E both on it. Yay. We haven't had that in a while. (laughs) May the chaos ensue. Yes. The movie we're watching today is Knives Out. Came out 2019, directed and written by Rian Johnson, or Ryan Johnson. I'm not sure how you say that first name. Ryan? R-I-A-N. Rian? Ryan? From the Johnson Johnson Corporation? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it almost sounds like Rain, but... No, no. It's, it's weird. Like, in different yeah. interviews, people call him Ryan, people call him Rian. I don't think anybody knows how to say his name. It's probably foreign, It's so a bunch of white people don't know how to He's say He's also it. very white. Oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> Making the whole situation just that much more confusing. <laughs> yeah. So I guess um, I'm going to ask real quick before we start getting into people's personal lives. E, you uh, haven't seen this. Yeah. You thought for a second you saw it. I did. You got it confused with Game Night. Yeah, surprisingly, <laughs> I mixed up two movies with two words in their title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robbie, have you? I mean, I thought it was that movie Drive Angry, but apparently it's not. <laughs> okay, cool. So you haven't. And Rocky, have you seen it? I haven't seen this one. This is awesome. This is so good. Good. It's just recent enough to where nobody has seen it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I have seen it. I've seen it a couple times now. Saw it in theaters. It was a great time then. But before we get into this film, I'm going to ask everybody... I'm going to start with E. Hi. What's been going on in your life? How you doing? I've been doing well. Um, I did something that I almost never do. I binged a show. Nice. Wow. Well, it was like three episodes, wasn't it? No. Um, okay. <laughs> it was three seasons. Wow. Holy um, crap. Before you go, wow, uh, three seasons, 10 episodes each. Each episode is 12 minutes. So I basically okay. watched three movies yeah, in okay. a row. <laughs> <laughs> but like for me, that's pretty crazy because I that usually just watch a couple watching episodes. three movies. Yeah, um, it was Infinity Train, and honestly, I'm just a high recommend all across the board on that, and I think you would like it a lot, okay. honestly. Wow, that's, that, you, you're pointing at me? Yeah. You have your eyes wide open. You specifically, <laughs> you listening. No. Uh, yeah, stop doing stuff that requires people to know what's going on. Uh, I think you would like it a lot, Jiraiya. Um, I would say it has a lot of similar vibes to uh, Over the Garden Wall, with less, Ooh. like, fantasy elements to it. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah, and unlike a lot of the stuff I talk about, it does have, like, a story that it follows through the entire season. I'm liking that, too. Yeah. So I really think you'd like it. Um, also, if you are going to watch it, please do it soon, because they're not renewed for another season. And oh, they said so- viewership's <laughs> a big reason why. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm going to watch it, I need to do it right now to get the ratings up. Yeah. Got it. Oh, what's it on? Uh, HBO Max. I can it's do a, that. It's a Country yeah. Network show. Easy peasy. What was it again? Uh, Infinity Train. Infinity Train. Very good. Highly recommend. Uh, I also just happened to watch a nature documentary because I was just part of my science class, <laughs> and I actually really liked it. It was like an evolution documentary, so you nice. learned about like trilobites and stuff, and they're amazing creatures. Huh. Okay. You watched so many things. Yeah. One was mandated, but you know, <laughs> it counts. Nevertheless, yeah, I enjoyed it more than most of the stuff I'm forced to watch in school. So you know, there you go. Did I do anything other than that? No. That's okay. It. Cool. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go on to uh, Rocky next. What's been going on in your life? Uh, you know, not much. Uh, I got no news. Life's been pretty boring for me. You haven't, like, died of a disease or anything recently? 
We did die of a disease in a swamp recently. That's <laughs> fun. Yeah, we played a lot of Ark, and uh, everybody got real sick again and had to die. Yeah. As you do I, Ark. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to go out and say this now, because I know everyone's going to be shocked. I was the one who brought the dinosaurs to us. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I got legitimately upset that people called me out for the dinosaurs. I was outraged. <laughs> You got mad that everyone knew the thing you did is the thing you did? Yeah, because it was a character. It wasn't because there was any proof. It was my character. It was like, how dare they? <laughs> what what kind of dinosaurs were these? Well, did you like bring a T Rex back to your giant alligators? Some, <laughs> like forest goblins, like giant. They're like giant birds of prey. They're monsters. Uh, you brought a giant horse to us multiple times. A giant death donkey to kill everyone. It's not his real name. It's just. But, uh, um, yeah, and so people died, and we did. I waste twenty minutes of everyone's time by getting just eaten by alligators at the edge of a swamp, and then escape on a boat with all my stuff while everyone lost all their stuff. <laughs> I did, but I I don't. I was very upset about the outrage. <laughs> but you kept your stuff, though. I did, no, but like Astra, I was legitimately upset. He was mad about... that I called him out on. <laughs> yeah. Just because Listen, someone I'm angry that a you're giant angry. alligator doesn't inherently mean it's rocky. So here's another thing I did that people didn't appreciate, and I got mad because they weren't appreciating it, is I would sometimes sneak around for crossbow and just launch, launch an arrow at them while they were working and hide in the bushes. And let me tell you how harmless this is for the most part. Is like, I shot Liz twice and she was fine. Okay. Oh then God. Sam's playing and I shoot her once and then she dies. And here's what made me really angry. On the screen for everyone to see, it says Rocky killed Sam. So you're mad that the gay just outed you. <laughs> I felt really outed, and I felt like it was an attack of my character, and not that there's proof of my mistake. <laughs> Other than the gay saying yes. Cool, cool, Rocky. Um, Robbie. Yeah. What's been going on in your life? Uh, nothing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so everything interesting that has happened to me this week has happened within the past couple of days. For one, I actually didn't work yesterday. For the nice. first time in a while. But uh, part of the reason why is uh, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to actually talk about it because it has to do with my job and pretend our customers that we are working for. But like if you were to look up an article about it, you could find out it probably exactly what happened. But OK, like, hy hypothetically, we may <laughs> have lost a hypothetical contract with a hypothetical customer because that hypothetical custom customer may have been hypothetically jacking up the price for a medically necessary device and so now we're hypothetically out of work for that because hypothetically the government might hypothetically be mad at that company oh hypothetically hypothetically yeah <laughs> pretend world yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um that hypothetically means... you didn't work yesterday you actually did but like he just <laughs> yeah, yeah he created this elaborate story to feel better <laughs> but um yeah, also, uh, because of that, hypothetically, there's an entire section of the shop that was just closed off because, like, those machines were meant for working on that specific product. Wow. <laughs> hypothetically, I can tell you guys more later. Okay, cool, yeah. I was like going to say, you might want to look up how much you're actually hypothetically allowed to say. <laughs> well, the thing about it is uh, 
there like whenever I walked into to work, no one knew exactly why all of it was happening. Like supervisors were confused about the whole situation. Workers were confused. I asked four different people and got four different stories and then decided to look it up myself and found like a story where hypothetically that's what happened. But I can't say for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, hypothetically, will turn into allegedly given a week. Yeah, it will. It will. It will. (laughs) Just give it that week. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, that means that um, I'm pretty sure I still have a secure position at my job. But that just also means that they're teaching me how to work on other things there, which is nice because like the seven months I've been working there, I've been working on that product, which now it's possibly just I might possibly not be working on it anymore. Who knows? Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Hypotheticals all over. Oh, yes. What would you do if you got a a message that was basically like a hypothetically you're fired? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that hypothetically happened whenever the pandemic happened. So that would be the second time this year. Oh, that would that would be rough. Yeah. (laughs) What would you do if your boss said you're fired with like air quotes? (laughs) I'm really getting mixed messages here. I I still expect you to come in. I'm just not going to pay you anymore. But other than that, uh, yesterday, since I had a day off for the first time in a while, mm-hmm. um, you slept. I did sleep. Uh, <laughs> I also, uh, I beat in or not Inside Out. Um, that's a movie. Uh, I beat Limbo for the first time. Nice. Which that's it's a, yeah, it's a short game, but I'm like laughing. it was a game I was able to just like pick up and like beat in one day. So that was kind of nice. Yeah, it's really fun. It the, is. Uh, yeah, Dawn of Indie Games kind of short. Type. Yeah, it was yeah. a Xbox Live original back in the day. Their other one, Inside, I think is what the next yeah, one Yeah, I was thinking of Inside whenever I said that. I really I, love Inside. I also have Inside, I just, it's on my backlog. That's another one you can beat in like one sitting. Yeah. Yeah. But besides that, uh, after I was done playing that game, since I was just in the spooky mood, I started playing the original Silent Hill again. Nice. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I got a really weird voicemail yesterday. It was technically <laughs> erotically. Kind of. <laughs> But like, like I'm just gonna show it to you guys. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh no! It was a robocall. First saved message from Birch. Birch. <laughs> Received October sixteenth at two forty eight p.m. Time to stay home. Stay safe and stay home. To send a reply message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I woke up to that voicemail going, what the fuck is going on? I just, I like the idea of like some, uh, hey, this is Birch. Uh, hey, don't leave. <laughs> All right, talk to you later, buddy. I mean, it's not even the fact that Birch or whoever the fuck that was sent me the message. It was just like, it's like message from Birch. It's just like, so weird. Also, I'm going to guess that it was like this big message and that's just what got yeah, cut like, off at the voicemail button. maybe i don't know like the fact that it was a real person that answered it but then it was like a robot voice on the end saying stay home stay safe kind of thing was weird <laughs> i like to think it was like a government employee from the future after <laughs> the effects of covid and then he tried to get here before COVID, but he came mid-pandemic. He could only contact one person quickly. And then midway through the call, because it happened so quick, he realized like he didn't give himself an alias, so he had to make one up in the spot. He's like, this is here. She's like looking around, uh, uh, bir- Birch. <laughs> and then the time he spent trying to come up with an alias cut into his time for being here. So all he got was stay home, stay safe. Oh, man. So yeah, it was just... 
I, I guess it was nice to have a robocall where I wasn't trying to be sold something. But <laughs> well, as as far as you know, as far as I can tell, right. also you should like get that recording because that honestly would be a perfect thing to just have in a horror game when you pick up the phone. Yeah, honestly. I mean, waking up to that kind of <laughs> felt like I was like waking up in a horror game. It's like, fuck, am I still in Silent Hill? <laughs> Is this VR now? Probably you should robocall that to everybody so your <laughs> becomes like an urban legend. That might actually be what they're trying to do. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- that's been the past couple of days, let alone like besides that, it's just mostly been work still. Nice. Well, how is the host who should watch Infinity Train? <laughs> um, doing well. Doing really well, actually. Again, we're recording all of this pretty early, so I'm watching a lot of spooky things uh, still. Still yeah. doing that whole spooky train thing. Rewatched Scream. Nice. That's a great film still. The more and more I watch it over the years, the more I realize just how many references to other films is just shoved right in that movie. Like every line of dialogue has some sort of reference to another horror film. It's ridiculous. I love it, but you know. Uh, yeah, and then besides that, playing a lot of Genshin Impact. It's really, really fun. It's like Breath of the Wild, but like anime, and what if you didn't care about the story? The story of Breath of the Wild, all like three things that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah a lot of editing as well lots and lots of editing uh and then yeah trying to uh we're almost up on our one year anniversary i guess yeah uh, this is episode weird. 51 very strange to think we've been doing it for that long honestly yeah um how unfortunate we're ending this episode though yeah which is one episode before sorry guys <laughs> you could have done it <laughs> yeah but... couldn't handle that that one year <laughs> um, too much responsibilities yeah, so like trying to in my head get like the ideas more concrete of what we're doing for our end of the year stuff because we have some big end of the year plans actually mm-hmm. that are going to transition into uh, how the show looks and sounds and feels next year, which I'm pretty excited about. But yeah, uh, besides that, not much, not much. Which I guess means let's start talking about this movie. All right, okay. Knives Out, directed by Rian Johnson, starring a million fucking people. Charlie honestly. Sheen, not Charlie Sheen. Um. I'm going to go down the names. You're going to hear there's. I've got to know none of them. That's fine. You probably won't. Maybe you will. Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Catherine Langfield, Jade Martell, and Christopher Plummer. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is a name I recognize. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she looks like the mom from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, but I'm probably wrong. I don't know what the mom from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody looks like. Well, why not? Because I didn't watch it. That's just absurd. <laughs> and then she's the mom on Freaky Friday. Which free? There's three Freaky Fridays. The one like with the Lindsay Disney Lohan? Channel. Yeah. Freaky Friday. Yeah, Disney Channel. Okay. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, I think so. Then. Yeah, she's in that. There we go. I know. Uh, <laughs> I you know, know Chris Evans as well. I know, I recognize the name. Was he in uh, Interstellar? He's Captain America. Oh. Yeah. He wasn't in Interstellar. <laughs> no, he's not <laughs> in Interstellar. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess before I read the back of the box, uh, I'm gonna start with E. Hi. What do you think this movie's about? Okay, so there's a man who owns many knives. <laughs> okay. okay. And he invites a group of citizens to his home. And he says, hey, guys, you ready? And then he opens up the drawer. He's like, knives out, and he throws the knives at everyone. <laughs> uh, Sure, and okay. Then, uh, <laughs> in the climax of the movie, they play spoons, but with knives. That would be... Make spoons a lot more deadly, yeah. That's a very permanent way to play spoons. 
a detective shows up after after the aftermath to figure out what the hell went down. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, Robbie. Yeah? What do you think Knives Out is about? So, there's going to be two families. There's going to be the Axe family, and there's going to be the Knives family. <laughs> and they're going to be neighbors to each other, and they've just been feuding for years. And then one day the Axe family just says, all right, it's time to get the Knives out. <laughs> and it's going to be this weird situational comedy where the Axe family is trying to axe out the knives or knives family. That sounds pleasant. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rocky, what do you think Knives Out will be about? I think it's uh, very similar to Robbie's premise. There's going to be the Knives family, the Axe family, uh, and they get along pretty well. They they're kind of have some issues here and there, but they're, they're cool with each other. And one day the Knives family just moves. And they need help. And it's kind of just a movie about the Axe family and Knives family getting closer to each other. <laughs> and it's going to be very endearing. It's going to be very, you know. Very heartwarming. Heartwarming movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, if our loose theme wasn't dysfunctional family, I would agree with that one quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but as our, our loose theme for November happens to be dysfunctional family, not, not happy, I'll say. Saddy. Not saddy either. This movie is... Uh, just deep. middle of the roadie? No, I think it's fun. It's very fun. Uh, I'll read the back of the box. No. Okay. All right, so let's get to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> the circumstances surrounding the death of crime novelist Holland Thromby are mysterious, but there's one thing that renowned detective Benoit Blanc knows for sure. Everyone in the wildly dysfunctional Thromby family is a suspect. Now... Blanc must sift through a web of lies and red herrings to uncover the truth. From acclaimed writer-director Rian Johnson comes a suspenseful, twist-filled whodunit with an all-star ensemble cast, including, again, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Anna <laughs> DeHarmis, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Robocop, Terminator, <laughs> Captain Kirk, Darth Vader, Lopan, Superman, every, every single, single Power Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> it may as well be. There's so many big names in this movie. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a murder mystery. It's a whodunit. It's a fun. It's a fun thing. I have information. Is it the length and the rating? Yeah. So, E. Hi. This is rated PG-13. Wow. For thematic elements, including brief violence, some strong language, sexual references, and drug material. Runtime of two hours and ten minutes. Not too bad. No. And uh, you can watch it on Amazon Prime if you're subscribed there. Otherwise, you can rent it from YouTube, Voodoo, or Google Play for five ninety nine. No Got streaming. that premium rental price. Yeah, yeah. No, no streaming besides Amazon Prime. Oh, well, they yeah. don't count. They just are Amazon. What do you mean they don't count? Amazon Prime's huge. They're just Amazon. Okay. <laughs> just Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so it happens when you're the biggest company in the world. You're just yeah, them. Yeah, you're just Amazon, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> kind of like right. you're just Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I guess let's uh, let's go watch this movie. Yeah? All right. Let's talk yeah. to you guys in just a little bit. And we are back. From watching Rian Johnson's Knives Out came out 2019, written and directed by him, starring everybody in Hollywood, basically. I guess we'll start with uh Robbie. Me? Yeah, sure. Well, wow, this is the first. <laughs> What'd you think of Knives Out? It was good. I did enjoy it. It's uh because they have a lot of big A-listed actors, there's a lot of charisma in the movie. Uh it does have some interesting plot points. It is, and it's based just very much a murder mystery. 
won't go too much into spoilers quite yet with it, but it's it is a very charming movie, but it's something that's been done before. But I still think it's worth a watch. I'd say for it's worth at least a rent. Like okay. more so than a stream. Like it is worth watching. It is worth going out of your way to see it, but I don't know if I'd recommend it to be a buy. Okay, okay. Alright, and then we'll move on to Rocky. Um, it was it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Um I kind of I feel a little bit similar with well to what Robbie said. It's I mean, there's some things that I do feel like are really unique, but I I think that it, they could have done a lot where they could have just had a lot of fun. Yeah, they, they could have had a lot of fun with 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 what they're doing with this movie, but then they just turn it into a who done it, you know? Because there's they did some cool things midway that I thought was oh this is really going to change the dynamic of this movie, and it was just uh, a who done it that was kind of gutted and turned into something else, and then re-strapped on as a whodunit so that 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 i you know it's a good movie it's it's a lot of fun it's it's you you are engaged with it and it's definitely something that if you rent this you'll enjoy it you won't you won't feel cheated watching this movie okay all right e hello you're the last one that's incorrect well, besides Just... me <laughs> <laughs> um i'll say this is like the epitome of a movie theater movie in my opinion Okay. What that means probably is different to everyone, but like this exactly is like the take your take your family out, go watch a movie kind of movie. Um not not in like a bad way, just like it's not anything I think really will stick with you. I don't think I'll remember too much about this movie a week from now, possibly even tomorrow. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> not again, not in a bad way. It's an enjoyable movie. It's stupid in a good way. Uh I think it's f- I say it's worth a stream, but like more of like a stream with your friends and family, not in a watch this alone kind of way. Okay, okay. And as for me, uh, I agree with all of you. I think it's a very fun movie, but I think the fun is kind of the thing that brings it out to be this different thing. It's not just a who done it of like, ah, oh, yes, murder mystery. It's it's a oh, who done it. Yeah, barely. It's a who done it that from the get go, you know who done it really. But yeah, it's just it's just a really fun a really fun take on it, honestly. Like it's not quite spoof territory, but it's not exactly like your classic who done it show. It's not like a murder she wrote. Yeah, it's more of a broad a- adaptation of it, kind of um I say broad adaptation, kind of like how there's covers of like certain songs out there and then there's, you know, like the bluegrass version of gin and juice. Right. It's it's a homage to yeah. all of the classic the Who's classic style. whodunits. Yeah. It's the, the scream of whodunits. Yeah, actually, yes, that's a really good way to put it. It is the scream of whodunits. There's references all over the place. There's shots. There's colors. It's color palettes, caricatures of uh, people that you would recognize from other whodunits that you'd seen throughout the years. I mean, I've only seen Clue, and I don't think any of those people are in this movie. They weren't in it, but funny enough. Homages um, of those people. Yeah. Um, he wanted, when you thought of this movie, he wanted to have everybody be like, What's the biggest whodunit? Clue. Everybody's immediately with Clue. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind for a lot of people. And so he's like, okay, I want every character in this to look like a character piece from Clue. And so if you look at them, they all have a very different color to them. They all have a different, very different look. Like if you put them up in a lineup like is on the cover of the movie and stuff like that, you can very easily pick apart like what this character is going to act like and, and kind of the feel of it. 
Like, even yeah. just kind of looking at it, you get like, okay, this is what this is. Yeah, I'd say that. You look at a character, you're like, okay, I know exactly who this character is. Right. And so he wanted it to feel like that classic thing while, in Act 2, putting a little bit of a twist on it. Uh, letting you kind of explore and think about a whodunit from a different angle. But yeah, I, uh, I really do enjoy this. I think it is a ton, a ton, a ton of fun. And it is, it was a really great theater movie, actually. And I think it's just worth owning. I own it. Um, I'd say it's worth a buy. It's I really like murder mysteries, though. Yeah, I yeah. my collection is full of murder mystery movies. So he's directed four murder mysteries. Uh. Yeah, yeah, they haven't caught me yet. <laughs> Maybe it's because he changes <laughs> alias to a weird way of saying Ryan. I don't know. <laughs> I just like the idea of this murderer screaming at cops that he's a director. <laughs> and he successfully directed four murders. <laughs> I also like this idea that a murderer got away with the murder and then made a movie exactly how he yeah. murdered someone. Yeah, that'd be great. Actually, I guess, was it OJ did that? He wrote a book yeah, about how he murdered this person? Yeah, he's like, if I would have done it, this is how I would have murdered her. Yeah, yeah. It's that fucking guy. <laughs> anyway. He's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, he's in jail, though. Prison, oh, actually. Not for what you would want him to be in prison for, though. Tax evasion. Uh, theft. Like he broke into it's a house like tax to evasion. steal things that used to be his. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> not the most stable individual in the world. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I guess that's with it being a whodunit. We can't really talk too much about it without talking spoilers. Yeah, we can't let you know that it was Mrs. Peacock in the dining room with the lead pipe. Yeah, or the candlestick, right. or the rope, uh, or the revolver. It was kind of like a mousetrap deal where they just kind of had this whole setup. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess we'll be right back and we're going to be talking a little more behind the scenes stuff and um, a lot more of what happens in this movie. We'll be right back. And we're into the spoilers. Wow. Uh, Rocky, give us the quick synopsis of what happens in this movie. You mean you want me just to, like, spoil things? Spoil or like... fucking everything. Just yeah. describe spoil the premises. It. All right, so, um, I don't even know what her position is. Nurse. The, the woman. Nurse. She's an, oh, she's a nurse. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> clears up a lot of stuff. That's like, <laughs> she's she's um, basically a nurse that befriended the... Also, you know what? That's really weird. I'm sorry. The fact that they called... I'm pretty sure at some point someone called her the help. She's a nurse. She's not yeah, the yeah. help. Yeah, yeah. She, when you're rich, everyone's the help. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it's that's... just one of those, like, it made no difference to them because they're rich and snobby. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like, one thing that yes. I pointed out is... uh. They talk about where her family came from four <laughs> times in the movie, and they name four different places, trying not to say Mexico. I know. Yeah, so yeah, so essentially the nurse, um, well, this this old guy, he gets murdered, he's a part of a rich family, and, um... The head of the rich family. That's a part. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's the head of the rich family. Uh, he writes murder mysteries, he dies... Uh, it looks like a murder. Uh, police come in. A private investigator comes in, and um, it looks like a suicide. Uh, the private investigator is convinced it's not a suicide. So you start seeing the uh, backstories of the different characters and the relationship with the guy. And pretty early on in the movie, you learn that the old guy did kind of just suicide. Uh, 
And then the movie does this thing where it tries to be like, well, but technically he was accidentally killed by the nurse who accidentally gave him the wrong dosage. And then it becomes a whole thing about her trying to cover up her tracks from the detect the detectives. However, it's you're you're on her side because the old old guy recognized it was just a mistake, so he tried to help her by cutting his own throat. And so like you feel like this is this is this is how this should work. This this woman should get away with this, right? Obviously she didn't do anything wrong and there's no need for her family to be hurt for something like this. So you're rooting for her. Uh the family's being a vicious family, which is fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're they're very greedy, very self-centered, centered people. The nurse is a really good person. And the family has a really weird relationship with her, which is a little bit, a little, a few. There's definitely elitism there, and a little bit of racism. But they, you know, oh, wrap, a bit it, of they racism. wrap it all up in a, yeah, they wrap it all up in a, a fun, like ah, oh, these people are are you know, this is like they 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 make it humorous, but it's not really humorous. It's kind of very cringeworthy to watch. You know, but it's still the way they design the characters. It's still interesting to watch the characters go at it. Um, so you essentially can say they, they made the whole viewing of the whole thing fun, I guess. And yeah, so she she basically has to navigate this whole dynamic. And uh, one of the family members who apparently is a lot like the the head of the family, he gets involved. But I guess prior to this, you also find out that most of the members of the family were essentially disowned by the head, but he gets involved after, I think it's after everyone discovers that in the will, the only one that's getting anything is the nurse. In fact, she's getting everything, right? Yes. Everything, Um, the house, all the money, all the rights to all of his old books, everything. Yeah. So she's getting everything and they're upset about it. And shockingly, this one member of the, family decides to help her and it's like oh cool they're going to do a little you know like this person wants to stick it to the family and so that's that's what they go with for a little while but you learn essentially his intentions are still self-driven because he wants a piece of the original inheritance he thinks is owed to him uh so they do that for a little while other things happen i feel like the story kind of gets a little bit uninteresting at this part she gets like a blackmail note that Someone knows what she did, and it's like a toxicology report. So they go and chase that lead, and then the place where the toxicology report happened is burned down. And then you find out, uh, I, I was this woman also a part of the help that yeah. she's supposed to be with? Yeah, she was yeah. the maid, probably. Okay, yeah, so she's she's the maid, and she essentially, it looks like she was poisoned when she arrives to meet this person who blackmailed her, which is the maid. And the maid is being poisoned, and one thing leads to another, but her now accomplice that's accomplice that's working with the family, uh, he gets arrested. Uh, she gets basically, the private detective is driving her around, and eventually she kind of just caves and tells the story. It's also important to note that she can't lie, but that's a whole other thing. Like, yeah. it's literally built into her character that she can't lie. Yeah, if she lies, she throws up. Yeah, it's it's very, you know, it's 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 very... Very sophisticated stuff. Yeah, very <laughs> high class humor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she she tells the truth and that everything that happened and the, the private detective is, you know, he's understanding of it and she wants to tell the rest of the family and 
So they go over there, and I feel like I'm missing something, but something no, important. I mean, they find the actual toxicity report. Oh, yeah, yeah, because the maid had hidden a, a, a copy of it. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, a secret stash of weed the, that she keeps above the fireplace in a clock. Yeah, I, I still don't feel like it's it's a it's a big, big piece, but it's, it's important to know what happens uh, next. So she's about to address the family and tell them what really happened. And then the private detective reads uh, the actual toxicology report, pulls her and says, you're not going to tell anything. And she wants to know why. And then the detective goes into his own spiel about what actually happened. And it turned out her accomplice had actually swapped the medications, you know? So it was an actual murder, but not from her because what she did, she did the right thing. She essentially knew what to give the old man as the nurse, like the the medicines, because she's a good nurse and she could just tell by the viscosity of the liquid that, that it was just, she knew which liquids it were by looking at the liquid. She didn't have to read the medications because she's really good at That's not really how nurses work. You don't just like, oh, yeah, I know at this point. I don't have to actually look. <laughs> Maybe this well, is- I would actually make, I'll make a point for that because when I worked with horses, uh, the foods that I had to feed the horses, I wouldn't have to read because I could tell because I worked with the foods for so long that I just knew what they were. And a lot of the grains were very similar. But if, if you actually looked at like the the substance really close, you could tell. So I, I don't think I think that that would it's I think a really good nurse could catch something like that without thinking about it. It's yeah. not like that she couldn't catch it. It's more that that's just dangerous. <laughs> I, I actually well, have so a yeah, bit for that that's too. The but... thing, like she, but as a nurse, she did what she was supposed to. She read the the stuff, but it becomes so subconscious the action that you just do it. As a guy who has a job, or yeah, as a guy who has a job doing the same exact thing, literally hundreds of times in a week. Uh, it, it's one of those like you kind of get a feel for doing something sometimes you're de- technically not supposed to because every now and then um, a good example is because like you know sometimes whenever you're reading measurements on something you know it's always going to be about three inches but so you're not don't actually look at like the three inch part whenever you're measuring it you just look at the uh, subtler parts of like the thousands of an inch part of it to see how far off it is and it's one of those like if something is off by more than you know if something's off by an inch you're going to be able to tell just by looking at it but it's one of those you kind of get ingrained in your system and so like technically you're not supposed to because it's a te- it's a sign of complacency but you do something so many times your brain just does it on autopilot yeah so i i think there's actually a good case yeah for what happened and then her. also i was like my big argument with that was going to be like she besides not only just the viscosity of it, uh, one of the medications is for 100 milligrams. The other one is uh, a medication for three milligrams. So there's going to be a weight difference between the vials, too. And probably keep in mind without even having to look at the label like, oh, yeah, like the morphine has this much left in it. But this one only has this much left in it. Yeah, there's a lot of things that she could do just because she's legitimately a professional. It's 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 an easy thing to mistake to trick yourself with. But your body essentially knows what it's doing. It's just muscle memory, essentially. Yeah, she's done it much. so many times. She knows what she's doing. I guess again, uh, so it's life and death is more what I'm getting at. But you do, you do make a point. Like <laughs> yeah. there is a point. It's just autopilot. Like I said, it, it is a sign of complacency to go into autopilot like that. But most professionals do it. They well, won't you always... also have to remember that she's also doing the other part of her job. She's you know she has a relationship with this individual and she has to also do that. Yeah. When you're multitasking, it's easy to overlook something sometimes too, you know, and she's talking to a drunk man and telling him that he needs to take his medication and trying to be a friend of, with him and, you know, trying to clean up the mess that is being made right there and then take care of the fact that she's listening to him and everything else. 
Yeah. So anyway, that's that's that you 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 learn essentially that even though she felt she swapped, she actually gave him the right medicine, and so the dude ended up actually just committing suicide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it really was just a suicide the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's this whole thing where they're like, they're like, "Aha! We caught you, you you jackass!" You know the. <laughs> The guy and the guy's like, oh, you can't prove this. Ah. And uh, basically it hinges down to the maid who got poisoned that uh, they had enough evidence. And then the hospital calls the nurse. I'm trying to remember her name. And I can't. I'm really I don't remember any of the names of the characters in this movie. No one there are a lot of one. characters on it. There are a lot of characters. I think it starts with an M. Martha. Martha. Is it Marta? Yeah, Martha. OK. Yeah. OK. So basically they call her and she. Tells everyone in the room that the the maid survived, and so the guy who's like, "Aha, you see, so look, I yeah yeah I killed the maid, but I didn't kill the maid. So what do you got me on? Not much. You got Just me on arson. burning some stuff down, <laughs> but guess what? I have a good lawyer, so that's not going to count. And then he looks at um, Marta's face, and he's like, "But I got something to tell you. How dare you steal from my family, you vile bitch?" That's literally what he says. Which I'm like, who? She has done nothing vile at all. Like, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> well, no, but like, so he's basically like, "How dare you?" Our ancestral home, and then the investigator laughs because the home was bought in the '80s from a Pakistani billionaire. And I was yeah. like, "This is pretty great." Our ancestral home from the '80s. Um, yeah, that's that's white people. And then uh, basically he's saying this to her face and then she vomits because, again, the whole shtick with Marta, she can't tell a lie because she throws up. So she vomits in his face and you find out the lie was that the maid actually died and they have him on murder now. And it's like, ah, we got you. And then it basically ends with the uh, investigator saying that she's a good person and she's like, maybe I should help these people. And he's like, well, I have my own opinions, but I'm assuming you'll just follow your heart. Uh, And then the last scene is her with the a mug of coffee that they showed in the beginning of the movie that says my house, something, my rules, my coffee. coffee. Yeah. And so, and then it shows all the family looking at her angrily. And then there's just a little other stuff that happens, but I guess if it's important enough, people will talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the gist of the movie. Yeah. It's just of the movie. Marta wins. Cause she's a good person. Marta wins by doing absolutely nothing. By being a good person, not playing by their game. E. Well, it's something that they said early on too, whenever they're playing, uh, what was it called? Blackout? No, it's Go. Go. Oh. Well, when they were playing Go together, and he was saying how uh, she always tends to beat him, and she says, it's R. It, R. She says, I'm not trying to beat you. I'm just trying to make a nice design there. So it's like they were saying she doesn't, she plays by her own rules. She doesn't play by their rules. Yeah. But Jack all bullshit. You got to know what you're doing in that game. I played that you game. You gotta. Yeah, you do. You have to get five in a row. You can't just accidentally get five in a row. Sure, you can. When you're trying to make a nice design, you can. <laughs> Because you're not well, think no. about it. If you're playing against someone who's just making a random design, you can't anticipate their moves to trick them into five in a row. Because <laughs> at any moment in go, they're looking at them like, "Well, how can I make this beautiful? Beautiful? They can fuck it up any way they want, right?" <laughs> in I, a don't weird way. I think she's just telling him that she's drunk and she's just having fun. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like I'm actually really bad at playing pool. So I mostly just like try to see what I can or how many times I can hit the balls off the sides, which really throws off a guy who's like doing the whole chess thing with it. 
Because he's like, okay, he's going to try to get this in this puck over here. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and it's so, like, hey, like, look, I can I juggle. Win. Yeah, I win. Mo- I usually don't win, but I usually fuck up the game for them. <laughs> but you still don't win. <laughs> Again, it's a well, minor thing. I guess I probably to give you some funny. advice for pool, how I do it is you got to get a good feel for the balls, you know? And you, what I like to do is I like to trace my fingers on the balls, each one very gently, <laughs> to really know, know that it's all about the hole. Right. And then I direct because when I'm playing, I call I, they're my balls when I'm playing. They're my balls. So I got to direct my balls to the hole. Right. And when you get into that mindset, it becomes really easy to figure out. I mean, that might be where the problem is, because I'm just focusing on the shaft the whole time. <laughs> oh, that was man. real dumb. <laughs> hey, it's on par with the movie. I'll yeah. say. I mean, that's I kind of figured where this movie was going to go uh, early in it, because just like that scene wherever Martha's sitting at, you know, in the kitchen and she's kind of, I don't want to say like she's kind of zoning out, like she's just kind of staring off into the distance while her mom is just trying to eat breakfast and her little sister is downstairs in the kitchen because the Wi-Fi upstairs is bad, are watching some kind of murder mystery thing on her laptop and her mom starts yelling at her to turn it off and she's like, no, it's not a big deal. Her mom just keeps like, no, turn it off. Like, her best friend was murdered last night. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you need to be sensitive to the fact that there is a man that is dead, and she needs to not think about murder right now. So stop watching a murder mystery while her friend is dead. Like, I kind of realized, like, where the movie was going after that. Yeah. So I want to say, the puking all out, it's so dumb. <laughs> and I can't yeah. decide if I love how dumb it is or hate how dumb it is. <laughs> it it kind of checks out with the rest of the movie. I like it. It does, but it's just like... What? This is, how does this even work? What does that even mean? Just another it's one just, of those like little fun things in the movie. <laughs> it's just like what? She's like, oh yeah, I just puke if I lie, you know. Yeah, a, a normal thing that happens sometimes. That's what everybody does, yeah. right? <laughs> right. It was. It was. It was kind of like a nothing thing. I don't think it added anything to the movie. To be honest, they got a they got a nice point where they can vomit. They can show her vomiting on the bad guy. At the end, yeah. that was the I highest. Did, I, I think it's. I need to ask I think it's too, watching what the, the heck did she eat? It was like orange and yellow beads everywhere. Yeah, chicken soup. <laughs> hey, oh, she no, did I, feed him beet. Or he did feed her beans and sausage earlier. That was like three days ago. <laughs> I know. I like the throw up thing because it implants in your head that she is a good person, to the point to where her body can literally not handle her <laughs> lying and being a bad person. It's just like I. I don't know how I feel. About how dumb it is. About the plot I don't know. Thread. I like it. I like it. <laughs> For all the times that they try to be subtle about things, like that was the one thing that was very out there, which kind of made for a nice little thing. I think they mostly did it just so that way they could have her puking on Captain America at the end of it, though. I mean, maybe. Well, that's the thing. They had no idea what the cast of this movie was going to be, like even weeks before filming. Really? Um, While they were filming, they still didn't know. They just like had different people come in and out. <laughs> no, no. Um, the whole way that this movie was made is uh very quick and simple and kind of everything just kind of fell perfectly into place um because Rian Johnson literally just came off of doing Star Wars the Last Jedi and so everything from him was at the point of like I don't want to be in a project that lasts 4 years like that did I want to be able to go get my cast get in get out and within a year just be done with a project and have it out there for the public and so he spent six months punching up the script. He had, like, had the idea in his head for years and years. And he punched up the script in six months. And that script was literally the script that they used on set every day. Like, there were no rewrites. It's just what that script was is what it was. 
and they literally didn't have any of the cast even six weeks before they started filming it. <laughs> they just ended up with every A-list actor. Yeah, um, <laughs> they happened to get Daniel Craig to be the lead. Uh, he's the current James Bond right now. Okay. And once they got him, sense. like literally every other actor was like, okay, we're in, we'll do it. Because they just wanted to work with Daniel Craig. Even Like the one that surprised me most is Jamie Lee Curtis. That just seems so weird. Like she did her role perfectly. I'm not going to. So Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, you don't know her career no. all that much. She... I just know she looks like the mom in Zack and Cody. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, she started off with horror, uh, Halloween and stuff like that. Uh, she was the She is the Scream Queen. She is the original screen, Scream Queen. And so her whole career has been like, I want to do fun, silly roles. Like, that's, that's literally all she wants at this point. She just wants I mean, to enjoy fair. doing her job. Like, she just saw that, like, hey, Daniel Craig is in this. I would really like to work with Daniel Craig. So she took the role. And, like, everybody accepted the role within six weeks of filming. And then all except for two things, this film was shot on location. The only things that were shot on a set were the hallway with the uh, upstairs magical hallway. Uh, with the with, window door thing, mm-hmm. with the oh, wall, that. and then the attic itself. Those are the only two things that were ever a set. Everything else was houses in location in Massachusetts. I don't, I don't think you can have that kind of attic in a house. It's so exactly. weird. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, and everything like in the script was so specific to the architecture of the house and the geography of everything that they honestly are incredibly lucky that the houses they found fit most of the geography of what they wanted. I mean, if you go far enough, you can find weird houses. Yeah, like, they found it pretty early on, because, like, all they knew is, we want the Clue Mansion. We want Clue Mystery Mansion House, and that's really all we know we want. And so, one of the first houses- They Googled Clue Houses. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's, I don't know, everything just kind of fell into place for this movie. Uh, yeah, script cool. written in six months, the cast all obtained six weeks before shooting started. They filmed it in about two months' time, and then one year later, it was out in theaters. So the James Bond was the detective? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whenever you said it was going to be done quickly, I kind of thought it would be quicker than that, but that still is pretty quick to get a movie out. It's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, the main thing I'm thinking about with something like that was almost um, kind of like the Saw movies, because the original Saw movie, like, they're just trying to say, like, how can we get uh, a movie done with just, like, two guys sitting in a room talking to each other? And they came up with the idea of the Saw movie. And I think that was shot in, like, one or two weeks. Yeah, and also and, with almost no budget. Yeah, money. with almost a zero budget, and then, you know, brought back tons and tons of money. And then it yeah. became and, one of the Halloween movies. Yeah, it became, uh, James Wan was pretty good at that. Uh, he's who directed Saw. Uh, he also did Conjuring and Insidious, and he directed, I think, the highest grossing Fast and Furious movie, and he did Aquaman. Um, the dude just m- makes money. Yeah. <laughs> It's but kind of I was crazy. thinking between that or like um, the waiting movie, because that one, uh, for that one being in production hell for uh, a little bit over seven years, I think the actual filming of that movie was in less than a month. Yeah, which I mean, with how that movie is, it's you can do that movie easily. Yeah, in the McDonald's line. No, it's all just in a restaurant with people just talking. Like oh, that kind of waiting. Yeah. Yes, I feel like we've had this conversation before. Probably. <laughs> But yeah, like this entire cast literally just wanted to work with Daniel Craig, which is so insane. just kind of like, how are we going to get the cast and like trying to get people to play? And they're like, absolutely not. Daniel Craig's going to be on it. No, oh, all right, I, kind of. I feel like they just like flocked around, like they were just like Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Rian Johnson. I have mentioned his name a few times. He mm-hmm. did, like I said, Star Wars: Last Jedi, and then he also uh, did Looper. Okay, is that the one with the time? There's time in it. 
Like where you lose time and you no no okay. no I don't know what that's the Justin Timberlake movie yeah not that one's called uh, in time or about time or something like that not about time about time, time is a different time movie. is of the essence <laughs> Looper is about time travel but it's more about uh time paradox I feel like you showed me it may I I think I have actually yeah, yeah. that's the one with uh, Bruce Willis right Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon Levitt yeah um the th- I want to say the thing that I really like that this movie does is that it doesn't concentrate so much on the mystery of it until the end. Which I like whodunits. I like the mystery part. That's Mm -hmm. incredibly fun. But I also like that it just kind of lets you experience these characters and, like, this family. And the detective, who is... Stupid. Kind of really (laughs) terrible at his job. He's a fumbling idiot, kind of. And that's a lot about donuts. Yes. (laughs) Um, That was something that Rian Johnson said that when he was writing the movie, he wanted to really concentrate on because he's like, all the, no, <laughs> but like all the old murder mysteries from that I read when I was a kid, like it wasn't really about the detective. It was about the people. And so he wanted to build this big eccentric detective that everybody knew and just not care about him. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> stupid. Yeah. So that was kind of the idea. I'm not even sure I buy that. He actually solved a mystery. I, I think he was just remembering a, a story that he read. <laughs> Yeah, it's <laughs> just kept going. I think uh, the character Marta would agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way that this movie's structured too, it seems that uh, Harlan, the head or the head of the family, he, um, in a weird way, all of this, like everything that happened in this movie, was his design. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because his entire thing was like, I, uh, with Marta's help, finally mentally got to the place where like, okay, I'm gonna cut my entire family off. I'm going to stop letting them suckle at my teat of my bank account. I'm going to cut everyone off. I'm going to do my own thing. And if I die, everything goes to you. Actually, we should say the family sucks, and that's why they're getting cut off. He didn't just decide to cut off right. the family. The family are all terrible human beings. Yeah, they're all parasites on him. Yeah. yeah. They're all stealing money from him or time or love or affection in some sort of way. They're all taking something yeah. from him. Some and are we'll- just unfortunate bystanders, but that's life. Right. Yeah. Well, like one good example is uh, Ransom, the uh, Chris Evans character. Yes, the one trust fund by, baby. Yeah. Yes, yeah. just a trust fund baby. So yeah, he's he's suckling on the tea of Harlan. Yes, and then same thing with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, in a weird way, she's also suckling off the tea of him, even though she uh, built her business from the ground up. She's doing yeah, it. like every millionaire does. Yeah, right. That's with a small she... loan of a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Joni is just straight up taking money from him and then taking yeah, money not, out of her. She's also not actually part of the family technically. No, like she just married a son who died and just sticks around. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but because of that, like she's not only taking money directly from him, she's also taking money from her own daughters college fun so yeah. that way she can just you know live her lavish lifestyle i want to say she's the worst <laughs> she sucks she does suck <laughs> and then walt because he wants to leave with his dad's legacy but he's also you know just kind of riding off the back of him i'll say he's probably the least egregious of all of them because he well maybe jamie lee curtis i don't know he really just wants to like expand the universe or whatever yeah he wants to expand the business yeah in like a capitalistic way and you know that's nonsense. That dude's out for money. Well, let's be honest. No, well, like in a capitalistic way. Like he, was, yeah. like like he is out for more money. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, but he doesn't actually have a business. He doesn't. Yeah, it's he's, based he's, off his father's books. Like his his entire yeah. business model is my father writes books and I publish his books. That's not even that's that's giving him more credit than he deserves because those books will sell themselves. Exactly. You're right. That's like, yeah that that's that's like 
being hired for a position at a business and then you being like, this business would be nothing without me. (laughs) You're basically feeding off of the business. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, like he's not like actively trying to ruin stuff like some of the other characters are. Right. He just wants, everyone's looking out for themselves. His fortune is there is them looking out for themselves. And then, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's husband just straight up cheated on Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. But because he basically suckles on her teat, if she doesn't have a, to suckle off of and turn then it runs dry for him they all need some sort of teat yeah there's also a nazi child there is a nazi child but as long as he (laughs) has his phone he's fine listen i'm gonna say ben shapiro kid doesn't (laughs) literally doesn't add anything to this movie other than just to sit there and be a ben shapiro kid like the real ben shapiro because of that kid, the best line in the movie, which was when the detective was like, and, uh, that's when the Nazi child masturbating over her. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree. I'm just saying he really doesn't add anything. The only thing it really adds is because uh, he's very right-winged and the daughter is very left-winged, and so they just argue back and forth. Well, we say that, like, there really is only, like, a scene in the movie where it's really about how that is an argument. Yeah, so I gotta say, um... The only reason why Nazi Child was added to the movie is because, once again, Rian Johnson just came off of Star Wars, and all of the criticism behind that film... Um, oh, that was social justice propaganda shit? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so he put in the Ben Shapiro kid to say, basically, fuck you, internet trolls. Uh, I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that now. Yeah. <laughs> he was just... Like, he was way more tame than I was just expecting coming off from everyone being like, yeah, he's like a Nazi, basically. Yeah. And well, then he's just... They all, they all go on about how horrible he is, but he never gets off his phone once throughout the no. entire movie. And he's probably trolling the libs on his phone, of course, probably spouting misinformation. Yeah, that's his thing. <laughs> <laughs> that and, you know, uh, getting on Periscope so he can film stuff that is... Or film his family drama. And get all the also hearts. masturbating in the bathroom was apparently half his yeah no half, half his, his character. I the I like that everyone just accepted that he was masturbating in the bathroom. Yeah, what else is he gonna do? <laughs> he was in there too long. He's in there for a while. And hearing that, it's hilarious that it's literally just fuck the internet. Because I think that's fair. Uh, yeah. But like, it's just like his character doesn't need to exist. No, like no. the other daughter, like the his foil, quote unquote. The quote-unquote social justice warrior daughter, mm-hmm. Meg. Yeah, Meg. Um, she needs to be there because she's to really drive home how shitty Judy, her mother, is by being like, no, I want my daughter to get an education, and then just fucking stealing money anyways. Well, it makes sense for her to say that her daughter needs an education whenever she's taking money off of the top of her daughter's education. Yeah. So it funds her own shitty desires. Yeah, and she probably and- just spends it all on herbal oils and sh- that shit no it's a lifestyle brand of herbal oils or that <laughs> also i feel like uh having two kids on opposite ends of the spectrum also drives home the fact that when you're that insulated and that privileged it really doesn't matter what you stand for because you're always going to stand for your power base yeah yeah which was the money right i mean meg caved to her family's demands when she realized that there wasn't going to be money left right i mean meg meg was remotely decent about it but she still caved yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter what what her beliefs were. Yeah. You know? It's true. Which you also had a little bit of a foreshadowing of that, too, whenever the even the adults of the family were arguing about that when it came to things like immigration. And they it didn't matter what they were saying about immigration, about whether they uh, wanted it there or not. Like, they were going with their own agenda on it. And being 
kind of racist while they're talking about it. Wasn't it fucked up how uh, that one character was like, she she came here legally and she earned it while he's handing her the plate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on top of that, like he called her into the conversation and he was just like, Hey, you're, are uh, you're an immigrant minority. You have a say in this conversation. Why don't you, well, how about Why I use you, you agree with as me? an example? So you can agree with me. Yeah, Take yeah, this like, plate, please. People. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's a rich thing. Like people only exist when they benefit you. Yeah, pretty much. And pretty much. Oh, I honestly love the, like, how before they were talking like, oh yeah, she's like a part of the family, and like it shows the slow mo of them like, hey, get over here, yeah. And then the reveal that the hey, get over here was him being like, hey, immigrant, yes, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, that's one that. of the best things of like you get this sneak peek into the family of like how each one of them viewed that party that night, and it's all very different from everyone's perspective, yeah. And then when you see it through Marta's perspective, you're like, oh, these people are all just kind of shit heels. I lo- so there's one part that kind of reminded me of Rashomon. And in Judy's perspective, she's still kind of seen as someone who didn't, who doesn't like belong there. And yeah. it's just a nuisance. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of how you're complaining Rashomon is how even in uh, the girl's telling of the story, she's still shit. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> oh, man. But, but yeah, yeah, like. That was a rather in- another thing I thought was kind of funny about the family is uh, whenever th- all of them like pretty much everyone who talks to Marta at some point is just like hey like sorry you couldn't make it to the funeral like you know I said you should go go to the funeral but I was voted out and you and know so- none of them wanted her there yeah, yeah. Exactly. nobody voted for her. maybe Meg maybe <laughs> May- yeah maybe Meg but even then it's just like I'm pretty sure everyone in the family is like yeah she's not part of the family she doesn't deserve to come to the funeral you know Meg caved. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> so another uh, behind the scenes thing is that the first thing that Robbie said, like literally the first shot, he's like, "Wow, the coloring in this is fantastic." It's funny you say that because there was a huge argument behind the scenes between the cinematographer and Rian Johnson about not only how they were going to film it, but how it would look. Yeah, this is Rian Johnson's first film to be shot in digital because he's one of those people who are like, "Film just looks better. I like how film is. I'm comfortable with film." It just has a more real feeling to it. And his cinematographer was like, listen, motherfucker, <laughs> I like film too, but we do not have the budget to film, to shoot this on film. And the way that you're wanting to shoot this on location, those cameras are way too fucking big. And the lighting is going to be ridiculous to do in the actual house. We need to shoot digital. He's like, I don't know. I just, I like the wobble of the film and how you see on the edges when the camera moves a little. He's like, no, 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 I got this. I've been working on a color palette for it. I've been working on this whole thing. And he's like, and Rian Johnson, even she's like, and you know what? Uh, this is where I can't disagree with me at the end of the day. Uh, everything that I could have done on film was done easier on the digital Alexa camera. That's, that's always how it works conveniently. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, <laughs> a cinematographer so, telling him like, listen, fucker, I know my job. Yes, so, it just like, it reminds me so much. Cause like there's so many like anime animation snobs that are like, oh, back when they did it traditional, it was so much better. <laughs> and it's like. Yeah, it was so great when you had to hand-drawn each frame, and then if you fucked up a frame, you had to restart the entire frame, <laughs> and that you can't even actually tell the difference, because if you tell, if you show someone a lot of digital, they won't believe it's actually digital. Yeah. It's a thing that people don't realize is digital. Like, that stuff has been in animation and really anything for so long, and it's just <laughs> you didn't notice. Because, like, again, CG and, like, anime and stuff, people are like, no, no CG in anime. And, like... Fucking Gundam and all that shit has been CG for <laughs> decades. Yeah, right. it, it's one of those things, I think I've said it before on the podcast, people don't hate CG. They hate bad CG. Yeah. There's a difference. Um, but yeah, 
So the cinematographer created a whole color palette wheel and they added film grain to it and they even added sway to it. Um, and they very purposely did not shoot it in just a uh, widescreen. They shot it in four by three. No, 188, <laughs> uh, which is full screen, which is um, because apparently in uh, Casablanca was like their inspiration for what format they would be shooting it in. Because like when they're kissing in that one scene, there's so much space above them and it feels like the, f- the picture is framed towards them and then you just kind of get to see what's happening above them. Wait, what? In What's, Casablanca. Oh, I was like, yeah. wait, what? Did I miss something? No, no. <laughs> um, and so, like, there are a ton of shots in this movie, if you're paying attention, to where, like, everything's happening at the bottom of the frame, and then you just sort of see everything above them. Um, he just liked how that looked, so he went with it, because it reminded him of old classic movies. That's kind of hilarious, because they teach you to basically don't ever do that. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it works, and you wouldn't really, if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't notice it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's going to be good whenever we eventually go to a super ultra widescreen format. That's a 32 by 9, and then they can just like cut the top off the film <laughs> yeah. and still have everything Eventually, in frame. we're just going to have like one pixel tall. And yeah, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like a visor, and it just like wraps around your head, and you have to like figure out where the hell you're looking. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dry would really like to watch a murder mystery in VR. I would. That would be fun. Um, another thing that you guys kept bringing up throughout the whole thing. What? Um... Or at least E did. Probably. What? Is that this seemed like the kind of movie that nobody would have watched. This movie did quite well, actually. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like this movie would have like done quite well. I feel like the most I said is this is a niche movie. What? Yeah, well, that, well, that's what that means to me. <laughs> that's not the same at all. <laughs> a niche movie. Yeah. I was just like, how do you get from, oh yeah, it's kind of niche to no one fucking wants to watch these shitty movies. I, okay, you took it even farther than me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're going Total down. garbage. We're, keeping, we're going down the chain until, until you don't even know what we're talking about anymore. I'm already there. <laughs> I, I actually don't feel like it's very niche. I feel like this would actually go into a very wide audience because it has that very Clue format. And Clue's one, it was a very popular board game. And whenever they adapted it to a movie, it did very well as a movie. Clue, I would say, is near spoof level for like a whodunit. Yeah, that's fair. Like It's almost mocking the audience for caring about who killed somebody. Uh, considering <laughs> that yeah, the original Clue movie has like four endings that they just kept in the just final three, film. Right? There are... Was it three or four? I think it's three. It's three or four. I don't remember the exact number. There's the um, helicopter one. Uh, the other two. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just There's a helicopter ending. Yeah, I just re- There's I the they stay one. and fight the horde ending. The zombie ending. Uh, <laughs> where they find the holy grail. But that, they would just shoot, send the final reel to random theaters so no theater knew like what ending they had and so when people would watch it over and over again they'd be like that's not how this fucking movie ended and it's weird because there are definitely some endings that are way better than other endings yeah there's definitely a clear this was the ending we wrote yeah (laughs) very odd rocky you've been quiet what do you think I, I mean, I've just been listening to everything you guys have been saying, and I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> but no, I like I said, I still feel like a lot of this uh, was magistrated by Harlan. Harlan, yeah, because like even as um, he got that overdose, whenever she's explaining, whenever you first see her side of the story, where she, uh, where she thought she swept, where she thought she messed up the vials. And she thought that she gave him 100 milligrams of morphine, which would kill a rhino, let alone a human. Right. Um, he started, like, the first thing he did is he started writing down, like, oh, this would make a good story. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, thinking, like, you know, oh, she's going to get the Narcan or whatever the, I guess, not Narcan, that's a totally different antidote. drug. Antidote. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Another antidote that starts with an N. Narcotics. Uh, 
I feel like that old man embodied the spirit of millennials when he was dying. <laughs> I feel like that's how how most millennials would go. Like, oh, really? Wow. Well, you 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 messed up, but I'm not too upset about it. This is my time to go. I mean, it's one thing he's saying too, like how he doesn't have a fear of death either. Whenever, because he was going on this whole big monologue. Yeah, he's like, I'm while drunk. she's giving the yeah, but uh, because like the first thing he did whenever he's like, oh, ten minutes, huh? That means that they wouldn't have time to call the pl- or call the our uh, ambulance to get or to get here on time. Blah blah blah. So like he was just like thinking of a story idea the entire time while he's dying. Or while he thinks he's dying. And like she even says like what the symptoms are going to be. And he's showing no symptoms while he's uh, dying. And then eventually does commit suicide while telling her not to be afraid of what's going to happen. But also he didn't really have to tell her to like, you know, do all these things as he's coming down or as she's coming down. He just did it because it kind of made it a more interesting game for everyone involved. I would say more an interesting game. He told her how to do everything because he didn't want her to ever be somebody who could be blamed for him dying. Yeah. Because, like, the but, way that he does it is that she's supposed to go downstairs and very loudly walk downstairs and proclaim, wow, sure is late at 12 o'clock at night where I'm going home. Yeah. And she's supposed to park past the statue which she messes up and then sneak back into the house through the secret, secret hallway upstairs and then go in there, get in his clothes, go downstairs, have the... Do- have the, the son. The son. Henry? Walt. Walt. See him or see her in his clothes and tell her to go back upstairs so that it would look like he was still alive 15 minutes after she had already left. But yeah, on top of and then her climb back down, go home, and act like none of it ever happened. Yeah. But then he also said to like, you know, watch out for, or keep an eye out for something, because there's a good chance I'd miss something. Yes. And, <laughs> and what he missed was he wasn't supposed to die. He wasn't supposed <laughs> to bleed on her shoe f- 15 feet away. That's, okay. that's one that bothers me, actually. Yeah. yeah, so, one, that's stupid. That's not how blood works. It would not fly that far. But also, maybe, but like, so the thing is, the detective supposedly knew it the entire time because he saw a tiny, tiny, minuscule speck of blood on her sneaker. Yes. So, one thing I will say is that in order to achieve the PG 13 rating that they did for the movie, they had to eliminate a lot of the blood that was in the coat. Th- uh, the color palette? In the coat threading. Wow. The shoe? In the throat cutting. Oh, scene. Oh, I could not say that. In the throat cutting scene, apparently there was way more blood originally. But in order to achieve the PG-13, um, they had to change how much blood was shown. They had to digitally remove a bunch of that. And then the only other thing that they had to change to achieve the PG-13 is later in the movie, whenever Chris Evans is telling everybody, um, eat shit. Apparently it was fuck you originally. Oh, okay. Yeah, eat shit is so much eat, more. Eat, this <laughs> is where they could have used someone like me because I could have found a way more realistic. I I had thought that it was so exceptionally. E, you are you are so clever when you say that it, it, there's no way it could squirt out like that. And I think you would appreciate how I would have done it. I would have had it where it did squirt out like that, but not be, be, because we want to show how realistic it is by being unrealistic. And it just keeps squirting. And eventually it's covering her and she's trying to like push it away. <laughs> and it keeps coming and then it starts coming out the door. And then it starts dripping from the ceiling. And then people come in the house and there's just a wave of blood coming out. And then Eventually you find out that his... Upstairs just going, oh! And it's, you know, it's still going. Eventually right? you find out that his room is right above the elevator in The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's stupid. I, the detective wouldn't know whose blood it was. Like, yeah, Or if on. that even was blood. 
Yeah, it could have been like, oh, whoops, I spilled my ketchup. I used this breakfast. Yeah, that blood thing in theaters, I walked out thinking like, man, Marta actually did kill something and she lied about something. Watching it the second time, uh, everything else is so foolproof that there's no way that that happened. Yeah. But that first watching that I taught, I was like, man, Marta is behind this and she definitely orchestrated everything so that she could get all the money in the house. It it made sense um, after the first watching. <laughs> made, it doesn't make sense after the third. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Um, one thing, because you guys kept on keep on calling him the Ben Shapiro kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like he doesn't talk enough to be a Ben Shapiro kid, nor does he say hypothetically enough. No, no, like... <laughs> so, are you saying you're a Ben Shapiro kid, Robbie? <laughs> I'm saying hypothetically. <laughs> I'm just... Like, he just, like, is clearly someone who would, like, watch Ben Shapiro unironically. Yeah. And be yeah. like, this guy is clearly the smartest man alive who definitely doesn't use a bunch of logical fallacies to talk to people and suspiciously only targets college-age students. Yeah. Yeah, weird, isn't it? <laughs> Wouldn't it be interesting to watch this thing, except there was a Ben Shapiro, Shapiro character, like, a lookalike, and it was that character, but they, like, <laughs> they get into, like, a 45-minute argument with the detective at the end, like, spinning, like, logic and stuff. Let's say hypothetically <laughs> that you're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> Look, detective, facts don't care about feelings. <laughs> so I, I wasn't entirely done with like the blood that really kind of went into I think the solution is stupid. I'm not gonna lie. The solution? Like that he did it the whole time by swapping the what his swapping method is stupid. Just change the labels. Come on. I mean technically he didn't do anything illegal at that point still. I, he swapped, but he didn't kill anybody because the granddad killed himself. No, yeah. I'm saying he should have just switched the labels first off. I don't know why he decided to siphon out all of the drugs I mean, and then siphon way, it back it's way in. way less easier to track. It, you'd be able to tell if yeah. the label was peeled. I, I don't mean, know. His literally on anybody the, at GameStop needle. can tell you whenever a label's been peeled off of one game and put onto another one. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, if he was going to be a good killer, he would have just gone in, shot Marta in the head, Forcibly inject and then just walked away and they called him a murder suicide. <laughs> anyway, I gotta call the police on Rocky. <laughs> uh, like, it's just there's so many. I I think maybe it's because I don't watch much Who Done It. Quite uh-huh. frankly, there's just so many dumb moving pieces that have to be orchestrated perfectly in a certain stupid way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I get it's probably. You know a, what I didn't like about the movie? What I thought it would have been so cool halfway in. Finding out that it was just like this innocent misunderstanding, and then the family tears itself apart trying to figure out who killed the person for the money, and then you just see how awful this family is, and they eventually all just kill each other. I I would have loved that. That would have been and fun. I would have even loved even more if the detective was instigating it. <laughs> <laughs> you find out that the detective uh, was behind it the entire time, but he just wanted to see this family bur- uh, burn the entire time. Even better if he wasn't in on it. He was just so sure it was a murder and he couldn't let it go. Uh, for a little while there in the movie, eventually like it got thrown out. But for a little while, the headcanon that I had was that Harlan was actually the guy who um, who hired the detective to help clean up or uh, clean up any loose ends that might have happened because he knows his reputation. And so he knew that. He, so like knowing the detective reputation, he knew that he would tear the family apart because all the family is just kind of, you know, suckling on his teeth and to- being totally greedy about the entire situation. That's kind of where I was at one point in the movie, but, you know, towards the end when it started, when it, more puzzle pieces started being put together, that got thrown out. Yeah, yeah. But I would have loved to see that in the movie, too. 
I honestly thought Harlan was just still going to be alive and just show up <laughs> and be like, sup, bitches, you're all fucking assholes. Marta's the best. Get out of my sight. This is still my house. That would have been fun, too. I think, honestly, that, that, that everybody has, like, their own theory of, like, what could have or should have happened. I honestly do think speaks to the level and quality of the the, the level of a whodunit it is, honestly. Because yeah. I feel yeah, like every I mean, good whodunit leaves you with a bunch of red herrings of, like, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this, and it leaves you thinking throughout the whole movie until it's finally resolved. Yeah, yeah, everyone has their motivations. I mean, I don't think it was a great whodunit. It was an okay whodunit. I think it was an okay whodunit that was incredibly funny. Yeah. Like I said, it was, it was really funny. Yeah, yeah. With, and really good. With all the characters that they had, it was incredibly charming. Like I kind of had a moment where you know Daniel Craig is speaking like Foghorn Leghorn. Yes, which I, I was just gonna say he had a very, or a very deep Southern accent. But whenever Ransom just straight up calls him Foghorn Leghorn, I was like, "Yep, that's exactly who he sounds like." I, my, it kind of like fluctuates up and down the it, entire well, movie. It, it's a British man trying to do a uh, Southern man's accent. I know so. it's just kind of funny. Like it really feels like he's trying to sell himself as like. <laughs> as this, this southern gentleman yeah i am i say my boy i am the southern oh man i can't do this uh no. um that was literally daniel craig's inspiration was foghorn lakehorn nice that's every exactly where he got the voice from. <laughs> literally yeah that's literally everyone does base it off that's foghorn true, lakehorn yeah, yeah. and foghorn lakehorn was based off something too so it's, yeah, it's the that's cycle fine. of michaels yeah the cycle of michaels that's what i say every day yeah <laughs> once you learn to cycle you never forget to bicycle. So anyways, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I do agree with Rocky. I think it would have been fun to watch the family either tear themselves apart through their own greed through the movie or watch all the family have their own different versions of Red Herring and like kind of like how the story changes counting on who's telling it. I honestly think that they did tear themselves apart in a lot of ways. They kind of did, yeah. Kind of, yeah, but they're still all one greedy unit together. Yeah, but they did it prior to the viewer watching. Right? <laughs> oh, well, they kind of do it the at the end. Watch them do it. I think some, like, really, the big one is that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh-huh. discovers <laughs> that her husband was cheating on her. Yeah, that her husband was cheating on her because the father wrote on invisible ink and had to hope that the. <laughs> Husband didn't just throw away the piece of paper at a point. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though, is that, um, I mean, yeah, that he didn't just throw it away. Yeah. But he also is enough of a mystery novel writer. It's, again, you have to buy into the logic I of the know, movie. It's just- well, it's also the logic of, because uh, that's one thing that she says early in the movie, too, is, like, my father always had a game when it came to things like this, and I'm trying to figure out where the game is. Yeah, and then uh, at one point, you see her with a bunch of those same letter types in her hand, reading yeah. them over and over again. So it's not illogical that he had done this before yeah i'm not saying that like it's not really the invisible ink part that i'm so much it's just like that he hinged the entire thing on the guy didn't just straight up burn the letter i mean well it's because he thought that he was uh like he was playing him for a fool because like he just showed him the envelope and said like i'll tell my daughter if you don't and then you know went to go open it and like oh like he was bluffing the entire time he didn't write anything to her yeah like i don't i know it's like 4d chess shit going on (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like, it's just, again. Yeah, but I mean, in real life, you you don't do that stuff because that's dumb. Yeah. Because <laughs> Unless you're people, a fan of Mr. Logically, for all you know, he sees the car. He's like, oh, that idiot didn't write anything. And like rips it up and eats it because he's a psychopath. You <laughs> really don't know how people are going to behave Yeah, in maybe real he life. fucking just throws it on the, he just takes a piss all over it. Ha ha. Yes. And then the invisible ink shows itself. Oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> Can you imagine she puts the lighter on and then just streams? <laughs> <laughs> 
There's streams of piss all over the letter. Damn, I wonder what my father meant about this. Why would my dad do this? This is disgusting. Oh. I mean, he was 85. Maybe he's going senile. Oh, man. Which like, I think another thing, another joke that I really liked was that his mother is still alive. And like, how old is she? None of us know. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because the actress who played her is actually like four years older or four years younger than the guy who played Harlan. Really? I can yeah. believe it. She had to be in makeup for two hours every morning to look that old. Oh, I, t- I thought you meant she just so, looked like that. No, no. Yeah, I think, I do agree. I feel like the family could add a bit more of the dysfunction to yeah. really tear it apart. Maybe the daughter figures out that shit and then just fucking uppercuts her mom out of existence. <laughs> yeah. They really should just taken out the part where she's trying to cover up her own tracks. You know what I mean? I think that's it was, or like if they did it, make it like so like make it secondary because that that was the most that was the least interesting part about around the time when she like high, like messes up the tape a little bit, you know, and then what she's doing in the car and driving. I'm like that that's this stuff's actually making me lose interest in the movie. The first time I you watched know? it, I would agree with you. Um, I think that stuff is incredibly fun on rewatchings. I think it's funny. I just like. It just kind of feels there. The detective's an idiot anyways. He'd probably forget that footprints work. <laughs> it really just feels like filler. Like, now I'm just waiting for this to be over to see how this ends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, at a certain point, I, every whodunit is that. I do feel like some of the funnest parts, though, is watching the family like, tear themselves apart. Like, how the... Basically, their entire... Dynamic. Kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, it was amazing watching that one guy scream, do you want some cookies, to the dude who he thought wasn't going to get anything. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> It's so freaking hilarious. Just like a front, I guess. Yeah, I get, like the front that they put up, how like they're these good people, and how that all just dissolves instantaneously when they find out they're all going to be broke. Yeah. They're like, we'll take care of you, Marta. Right, and then they all figure out that she gets everything. She's like, you fucking bitch! Yeah, like, yeah. literally, call her a fucking bitch. Not fucking, but a bitch, yeah. yeah. They did, when did they use the word fuck? They did use their they fuck get in this one movie. fuck. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Chris Evans says it. I think it's near the end. It's not near. It's whenever it's after he feeds her the beans and sausage, and they're talking about how he's gonna he's gonna help her through all this as long as he gets his cut of the money. And I can't remember what it was, but the, he does get to say fuck. Yeah, it's like, fuck a duck. Don't a fuck a duck. <laughs> That's how you know he's the bad guy. Don't fuck <laughs> oh, a no, duck. He says fuck my family. That's what he says. Oh, yeah. Okay. He goes, why am I doing this? Fuck my family. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Actually, even for like, I know you can only say fuck. They say so many other curse words. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Bitch. You, they use bitch a lot, but they, they use shit bitch a lot. A they ton. said shit like eight times in a second. I'll say this, though. This is far more family friendly than a lot of the television shows that I watch now. Yeah, that's um, fair. More television shows say fuck like way more. Like what? Fargo. Yeah, you get one an episode. No, they say a ton. Like, I can't imagine what it is like to watch the show on television if they have to edit anything out. Fargo's not for kids, though. No, but, it's like, not, well, it's on television, like, at 8 o'clock at night. I could do it. I'll just make up random words. For judging. No, they say <laughs> frog rig. I mean, they probably frog do rugs, do something like that. What's going on? Like, doink. <laughs> a good example of something like that, though, is I think they've actually, uh, when it comes to the, I know it's not the MPAA, but whoever does the rating for TV shows, I know that there's been a lot of arguments about that. Within the past couple of years, especially whenever it comes to late night television, because, you know, uh, streaming is a thing. Oh, FCC, sorry. I, yeah, the FCC, because, like, you know, streaming is a thing now, so they can just watch it uncut here anyways. And then also the fact that, like, another good show, because, like, I haven't seen it yet. I, it is on my list of things to see. But I remember reading an article about, like, weird ways that they were censored is because, like, NBC, one of the biggest networks in America, had Hannibal, which apparently yeah, they did. Apparently was a very graphic show. Yeah. Apparently well, this- there's a scene in the, uh, in the show where a man is flayed, apparently, 
and yeah, like all the skin is cut off of him, and like they a show every- fish, but like fillet of Steven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the worst thing I've seen on Hannibal is they showed some person's ankles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rocky really doesn't like ankles. Was it connected? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I I've already used my f word, so I'm just going to say doink ankles. Okay? <laughs> but um, doink. I guess during that scene for the person that's flayed a lot, or that was flayed and put on display, it showed their butt, and the FCC said, well, we can't have a butt on there. So they just put blood streaming down the crack of that person's butt so you couldn't see that there was a butt crack, and it censored it out. So they were okay with that. Yeah, it's, the FCC's stupid. There was that, or like a, another show that I told you guys about before, um, Drawn Together. There's an episode wherever uh, they kill the babysitter in that episode. And I guess originally what happened is like she's in the pool and she's trying to pull herself up. And in the original cut, they're supposed to have her with the blowtorch cutting her fingers off. So that way she can get up out of the pool. And uh, the FCC said, we can't have that because what if a kid actually gets a hold of a blowtorch and cuts someone's fingers off with it? So they got hedge clippers instead. And they're okay with some like her like cutting your fingers off with hedge clippers while blood is spraying everywhere compared to using a blowtorch. The part that makes me laugh is drawn together. It's not for kids anyway. No, it's not. I know. Ki- I guess somewhat you have to think like kids definitely watching. Kids watch Adult Swim, of course. Right. But like, even then, that's so dumb. Like, oh, what if a child walked in on their parents watching this man murdered and decided to murder? Basically, like, yes. Yeah, they they have weird jumps of logic when it comes to censorship in movies and TV. We could like tell a million yeah. stories about that. I should probably Yeah, but we could probably have an entire podcast just on that. Yeah. Um okay, back. But unless it's violence, it's okay. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much what it is. If it's violent, it's okay, but if it's a butt, not so much. <laughs> Americans have this strange relationship with like gratuitous violence, but like polarized opposites between like sexual repression or sexual deviancy. Yeah. Yeah. And they just can't seem to balance that one out. Because, well, like, it's all—it's really flipped in a lot of other parts of the world. Like, I think uh, Europe, especially, is very yeah. like, oh, yeah, boobs and tits, who cares? Those are human body parts, but do not show someone shooting someone. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably the right way to That's do it. That's someone who has the priorities more. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm not saying we're right. I'm just saying we're flipped, which arguably means we're wrong. So, yeah, we yeah. probably are. Like, I, I, I'm, I'd very clearly say that we were in the wrong about something like that, but... This is a whole roundabout way of saying, I feel like this movie's basically a rated R movie. <laughs> it's real close. Yeah. It's real close. They probably were on the line of it being an R-rated movie, and they had to, like, cut certain things to make they sure were. it wasn't. Literally, the two things they had to cut was yeah. Chris Evans saying, fuck you, and they had to cut a ton of the blood out of the suicide scene. Yeah. Which makes sense for a PG-13 rated movie. Yeah. But everything else they got to keep. I think what happened is, like, from our all of our religious backgrounds, sexual repression happened, which made us violent, and so we're like, well, <laughs> look... You gotta stop the sex, so the violence has to stay. And then One of them has to go, and it's it definitely like, can't be the sex. It's like a slider, and the only options are sex and violence. And they're like, "Oh man, where do we put the slider at?" All I know is God was killing everybody, but he only had sex like once. So I mean, this is an easy, easy win. Which one's worse? Oh, oh man, that's probably staying in the podcast. Nope. Patreon exclusive. Last thing. Uh, to finish my thought off that I started 45 minutes ago. <laughs> the box office for this film. $2. Uh, the budget was $40 million. Opening weekend uh, made $27 million, And then worldwide made $311 million. So it made its money back and quite a bit more. Nice. Yeah. Not really in America, though. Uh, in America, did fine. 
You're just like, saying it was like 27 million. Yeah, there's a difference between the opening weekend. Yeah. Um, for Northern America, it was 165. Oh, okay, that's yeah. cool. Um, but yeah. yeah, it did really well. It, you know, it sounds like word of mouth did it a lot of help. Then it really did, honestly. I mean, I did see advertising for this movie, but it wasn't like a huge thing on my list. But this is also prime in the time of like me going into nights, and so I couldn't go to movies to dry anymore. Yeah, this came out Thanksgiving weekend of 2019. Yeah, so this what? is like right after I started that nighttime job. Yeah, yeah. My family celebrates Thanksgiving, so we don't... <laughs> 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 Once again, Americans celebrating killing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> fuck them turkeys. No, don't fuck the turkeys. Kill the turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Doink those turkeys. <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, box office, fairly good. Yeah, fairly good. Uh, So much so to where... Rian Johnson had a, such a great experience making this movie that he immediately came out of this before it even came out in theaters. He's like, I would love to make another one of these. Even if it's yeah. not successful, I would just every three or four years love to get together with Daniel Craig and just see what he's yeah. up to and what murder mystery he's investigating. Yeah. Look out for the prequel. Forks out. No, Knives Out 2 is coming 2023. Better be called Damn. a different utensil. It's Knives Out 2. <sighs> <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect segue into final thoughts, people. So, once again, I did really... I really did enjoy this movie. Like I said, it was a fun movie. It was a charming movie. Everybody plays their roles very well. They're very well directed. Everybody is very charismatic in the movie. Every, like, everyone played their roles really well. The color palette of this was very well done. It did have a lot of cliches when it comes to, like, you know, the whole murder mystery and the uh, whodunit kind of storyline. And there's a lot of tropes that you see in there that I've just seen too many times, I think. So it kind of wore on me just a little bit to watch that. And Right. Kind of, I feel like, you know, the actual mystery of it and the twists of it is kind of what makes a murder mystery for me. But the fact, like, even though there's a lot of, like, you kind of figure it out midway through the movie, it's still fun to watch the process of it go through. So I would say it is higher than, like, an average murder mystery movie because of that. It is fun to watch. I don't know if I would watch it again because, you know, it's kind of one of those uh, it Once you've seen it, the mystery's kind of dissolved. Right. But then again, you could watch it and be like, oh, okay, I didn't notice that before. So there is that possibility, but... All in all, it is still worth watching. I'd say it's, I'd say it's about an eight out of ten for me. Okay. I don't know if it would be an eight out of ten the second time around, but for the first time around, I really did enjoy it. It made me laugh, and it, like I said, everyone was charming. Said so there was a lot. The tropes are played super, super heavily with everybody on here. To like even the point you can clearly tell that uh, Chris Evans is wearing makeup, like not even hiding the fact that he's wearing makeup. Yeah, and it to kind of show how much of a trust fund baby he is while he wears his cashmere sweaters. Yes. Exactly. All right. Uh, Rocky. I really don't have much of an opinion about it. I give it an 8 out of 10. It was fun. Cool. That's all I got. That's <laughs> nothing. Give it an 8 I out mean, of 10. There's really nothing special about the movie. It's, it's fun. It's good. They did some good stuff. They did some bad stuff. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, he. Uh, I think I have a bit of the opposite thing of Robbie, where I think I haven't watched enough whodunits to really appreciate a lot of the stuff this does. Because really, I've watched Clue, and then I guess if you want to count Scooby-Doo as whodunits, but I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I don't really, like, again, like, Drya loves the stupidity of the solution, because it's like a whodunit kind of solution. Yeah. Whereas I think it's kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but, honestly, it's still enjoyable, like, even if you're not whodunit man like me, <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Even if you don't really care for whodunits like me, uh, there honestly is a lot of charm and humor in this movie that really keeps it going. But I stick with my initial statement that this really is a theater movie. I don't really see it as something like to go out of your way for or 
to watch alone or really any of the thoughts that I can't put to words, I guess. Okay. I mean, that's kind of where I was going. If I saw this in theaters, I don't know if I would have the urge to buy it afterwards. Maybe to like show to other people, like for maybe a podcast or maybe like my mom, because like ultimately it is fairly enjoyable. Um, I'd give it, I give it a seven, I think teetering seven be like seven almost an eight but definitely a seven okay did you make that an eight though uh if how chris evans sat on his, yeah if chris evans sat on his lap and was charming enough to him maybe he'd give it an eight. yes on your lap no on his you said on his lap if chris like, evans like sat on his lap on your lap <laughs> i'm pointing to you oh, right okay, now I gotcha. <laughs> um i'd be like man why are you sitting on my lap you're like 200 pounds more than me. <laughs> Please help. <laughs> is this a threat, actually? Is he threatening me to give it an eight? He might be. He is Captain America. Mm-hmm. America's ass. I have nothing to bribe you with. It was just an honest question. Could we make it an eight? Then way we give it three eights. Uh, let's see what Jirai gives it first. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll lower it if his is too high. <laughs> um, it's funny that you keep saying, E, that this is like such a theater movie. It's like such a group experience. The director would agree with you. Cool. Uh, he thinks that it's way more of a fun movie when you have a big crowd because everybody kind of plays off the energy of the movie. And, like, you feel more free to enjoy yourself when there's more people around. And when you, like, start seeing, like, okay, other people are enjoying themselves. Like, this is just fun. I should be just having fun. Um, yeah, so he would agree movie. with you. Yeah, scary movies are scarier in a theater. Funny movies are funnier when you're in a theater. Yeah, yeah. if you have the correct audience. Yeah. I suppose. If, you ha- if you're watching a scary movie with an audience that thinks it's funny... You're getting the wrong. You're gonna get the wrong vibe out of it. If you're watching a funny movie that everyone thinks is boring, it could be that everyone thinks it's scary. <laughs> I mean, I get ex- this is why everyone should watch movies in isolation, so there's no way the audience can ruin the vibe. <laughs> I mean, that's what critics do. But yeah, I honestly do think that this movie is incredibly fun. Um, I think that it does actually reward itself, reward you for uh, rewatching it. Because it does the thing that a really great comedy does of, like, after you haven't seen it for a while, you hear the jokes, and you're like, oh, that was a really good joke. But you already know that joke's happening, so you're able to concentrate on the parts that you weren't concentrating on before. And you're able to get the smaller jokes out of it. And it uh, does well with the whodunit aspect of it. Because I think there are certain performances that you're able to pick up on a lot of things. Like, if you happen to be paying attention to that certain thing at the time, you would have picked up on where the whodunit was going portion of it. Of where the murder mystery part was going. Um, so I think it does reward the audience on a, at least one more rewatch, I would say. And uh, I, would, I would give it an 8.5. Like I said, it's not the best whodunit. It's not the best comedy. Can you put that in 20? <laughs> Everybody has to agree with Rocky. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's not the best at everything it does, but everything it does mixed together makes it for a really fun experience. And so few of movies nowadays are just fun for the sake of fun. Yeah. So I think this is worth it. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for being on. Thank you, E. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie. Of course. Thank you, Rocky. I've done nothing but was the good. I did good this time. (laughs) Put that on a shirt and sell it. (laughs) And thank you, everybody out there for listening. We really appreciate you, the audience. It's great. It's great seeing uh, that people are just still listening to this, honestly. Yeah. It's kind of cool. But yeah, E, if somebody wants to get a hold of us on social media, if they really wanted to, where could they do that? We got a Twitter and a Facebook, The Last Ones In and The Last Ones In podcast. Uh, we got an email that is 
the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is the last ones in podcast at gmail.com. Send us your who's. Or who done them. Not just who. Okay. Or your denims. <laughs> or your denims. Show us your denim. Oh. No, someone's going to have like their fly open. Don't show us your fly collection. <laughs> and Robbie, take us out. If you're out there protesting, please do so safely. Wear a mask. Wear hand. Or, yeah, wear <laughs> hand sanitizer. <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically, you do. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. But if not, do what you can to stay home, stay alive, and stay safe. All right. The robot told us already what to do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, stay safe out there. Have a great week. Uh, talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Who done it? Hugh done it. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. How long can he go? I can go for longer than that, but it counts on how long until dry actually hits the pause button or the stop button. I'm just going to keep on rambling until you actually press that button. We'll see how long this is, can go. Like, I'll just start stuttering into the microphone if I need to. I like, hell. drop kicking someone if I need to. Yeah, we can just keep this going all night if we need to. Are you guys just having a breakdown because he's not pushing stop? No, he's not. <laughs> he just, he just keep, no, no. He has his hand on the mouse, and he has the mouse cursor right above the stop button. But he's not hey, pressing it. We're paid by the minute. No, I was going to make a bad joke. Go ahead. No, no. We thrive on bad jokes uh, here. No, but it, I can't do it now because it, it wouldn't even make sense now. Dang it. It's right. one of those jokes you ha- you're you playing off the energy, and I was going to make a joke that Jiraiya was a Nazi sympathizer. Jiraiya, <laughs> 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 well, you could make him sound beautiful in editing. No, I can't. He refuses to. <laughs> if anything, he adds more stutter to my voice during the editing. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> actually have an entire archive of, Robbie, of Robbie's stutters. <laughs> <laughs> he probably has something to make it sound like you're on like on a, a road in a truck like a truck is a fucking road <laughs> I always know like if I depending on my relationship with Dry at the time I could come into this kind of like half ass and I was like there's a good chance I'll still sound really good it's cause you know good editing right <laughs> so that's always like if, if you feel like you failed just as a personality just just be like there's also the editor hopefully we'll catch <laughs> blame the editor <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Blame the editor. All right. Shouldn't have given that away. I'm gonna get <laughs> something. Just gonna eat honey oats something. It's also, is Kimia just like standing off? Frame? No, she walked in the frame. Oh, did she? Yeah, what? I saw her. Oh, I don't see that part of the screen. Well, she's not there now. <laughs> Kimia. What? Kimia. They want to see you. No. They don't think you exist. Listen, I'm not convinced. Well, show them you exist, because every other time I ever told my head girlfriend, I had to make it up. <laughs> She's also the one at the bell! It was her at the bell the whole time! She's uh, at the bell every single time! <laughs> you don't even own she, a cat! Yeah, she has the ta- she shakes that whenever to you know, stir things up, to make you think we have cats. <laughs> no. Can't work. Oh, <laughs> Alright, good. All right. Just some meaty cereal. Some honey <laughs> oat something. Honey so. oat something. Dude, I don't wanna use it. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Um. Um. Etiel Getty. You're Ser- definitely saying that wrong. Serengeti. Who am I looking at? Who am I looking at? <laughs> that one. <laughs>
You don't even know who you're looking at. Estelle Getty. <laughs> what? Wait, where was the? It's just Estelle. Man, Robbie, we gotta work on your reading. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just confused. Like, I don't know where you got like an R reading in there. A, maybe reading with a mic in front of your face. Yeah, maybe reading that. while there's a mic right here. Yeah, that's fair. I do it all. To be time. fair, I read fine. It's names that I have trouble with. <laughs> I remember as a kid watching uh, Sherlock versus the Alien from the Alien <laughs> sequel, and his investigation led him to believe that they were all had been infected with the alien. And he tried to warn everyone, but he couldn't say it right. So he kept saying, it turns out we were the monsters all, the entire time. That's what like their <laughs> takeaway was. But he was actually trying to tell them that they had a monster inside of them. And they're like, God, that's so brilliant, Sherlock. That's brilliant, Sherlock. Sure. so brilliant. <laughs> How did you find it out? Elementary, dear Watson. Ella, <laughs> <laughs> nah, but it has like a pipe in a... <laughs> <laughs> I've done nothing but was the good... I did good this time.